Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 131. I want the fairy tale. This is a very famous line that comes from a very famous and one of my absolute all time favorite movies, Pretty Woman. And I was inspired to do this episode because last week, Larry and I were invited by dear friends of his to go to the polo fields in Santa Barbara and see the final polo match of the season. So, of course, I immediately thought of that amazing scene in Pretty Woman where Julia Roberts is wearing her brown and white polka dotted dress and she's totally out of sorts and trying to fit in and She over-the-top cheers for whatever is transpiring on the field, and she's like, really well done, really well done. And it is just absolutely one of my most favorite moments. So I threatened Larry, along with his aunt who was visiting in town and came along with us, that I was going to pull that move (laughs) just to embarrass them. And so his aunt suggested that we watch the movie again that night, which I thought was a great idea. I have seen that movie so many times, but it had been a long time since I had seen it. I couldn't remember the last time that I'd seen it, despite knowing all the music from the soundtrack. I used to play the soundtrack, I believe, on a cassette tape because that movie came out when I was in third grade and my mom took me to see the movie, which really blows my mind now when I think about so much of the inappropriate things that were happening. But I think my mom was savvy enough to know that the little actress in me was just into her outfits and the love story and really and truly the whole prostitution aspect was lost on me. But anyway, Irene took me and I fell in love with the movie and I wanted to be Julia Roberts and I loved how they had the happily ever after and that Richard Gere, you know, was standing up through the sun sunroof in the very late 80s, early 90s, swanky limousine (laughs) pulling up to her shitty apartment in LA to quote-unquote rescue her. Now, before I go any further, I am not suggesting that this whole idea of a man rescuing a woman, a rich man rescuing a woman, is the message that we want to encourage little girls to aspire to today. Or prostitution, even though I have learned a lot about prostitution and have found it to be a very fascinating industry. And so there's no judgment there. But I am sensitive to anybody here listening, thinking, well, this is not something to aspire to be. However, what I do think is really inspiring, and I had to have an extra laugh about our laughs, was that when Larry and I watched it for the first time together, but he had seen it, I'm sure, before. I know he had seen it before, and I had seen it so many times before. I was cracking up so much watching the movie, and so was Larry. And 
his aunt was sitting there like having a little chuckle, but I was like, we're finding this so funny. And I I know there's funny moments in the movie, like when like the snail like slips away and she's like slippy little suckers and she's just so hilarious. And there's so many amazing moments to laugh at. But Larry and I were like, peeing in our pants. Like I hadn't seen him laugh that hard (laughs) during a movie before. And so when the movie was over and we were going to bed, I was like, were you laughing really hard? Because the dynamic between Julia Roberts and Richard Gere really reminded you of us. (laughs) And he was like, yes, that's exactly why I was laughing so hard. So no, I have never been a prostitute and I've never had a man come and save me financially. But I think the kind of me being such a spaz and a goofball and Larry, even though he's got a great sense of humor and he really loves to like tease me and play off of me, he is this very accomplished, successful, professional, serious lawyer. And I'm just this like artsy life coach spaz. And I'm not saying one is good or bad or right or wrong. It's just, I too could see this hilarious dynamic between them be so similar to what Larry and I share with each other. So it was just really fun to watch this movie for probably the 100th time, but for the first time, being in my results of my fairy tale ending. And it got me thinking because the dynamic between Richard and Julia was so similar to the dynamic of Larry and I and how we play off of each other, I realized that this movie, I think, significantly impacted my manifestation of Larry. What? Now, have I worked my ass off and have I been coaching and doing therapy and all the different healing modalities to heal my heart and find someone better? Yes. But I think it's pretty amazing that I never did settle. I could have gotten married or run off with and settled down with someone who didn't really fully do it for me many times over. But I chose to keep asking for what I needed, keep asking for what I wanted. I did have a higher standard. Now, was my execution of how I asked for things that I needed the best? Absolutely not. I was demanding, I was dramatic, I was needy, I was insecure, I was looking for these guys to fix me and heal me and fill my own cup up. Like, I had my own shit going on that I had to do a fuck ton of cleaning on, which is exactly what I teach the women in my program how to do. So this isn't just about not settling for bullshit with bullshit dudes, but also knocking it off with your own bullshit in the best way but really being onto yourself and understanding how you've been attracting these people. But I could have stayed and settled so many times and I asked for more and then I was told no. And so then I had broken pieces to pick up of my heart off the floor and then I would get back up again and do more healing and more committing to becoming the woman to attract her ideal man. But when I watched pretty woman for the, again, hundredth time, but first time with Larry in my result of having the fairy tale, I really believe that that seed was planted in my eight-year-old brain of not settling 
and always holding on to the fantasy of her happily ever after and her fairy tale coming true. Now, I know you guys happily ever after fairy tale is such cheesy coach speak, if you will, but I don't know another better way to explain it. So email hello at Claire the Heartbreak Coach because sometimes I'm like, God, that's so cheesy to say, but I truly do believe I am in my fairy tale ending with Larry. And I really think I had that childhood fantasy that I wasn't ever going to give up on, no matter how hard it got. I wasn't going to settle. And I wasn't just going to spend the rest of my life with someone who checked off boxes. I was going to spend the rest of my life with someone who just fucking did it for me on all of the levels. And so I'm offering this episode up to you today because not only did I want the fairy tale and get the fairy tale, excuse me, I should say create the fairy tale, I want to offer that your fairy tale, and it doesn't have to be similar dynamics as Edward Lewis and Vivian in Pretty Woman, you know, whatever that looks like for you, I'm going to share with you what the elements of my fairy tale relationship are, but that whatever your fairy tale relationship looks like is totally possible for you. I'm going to say that again. Whatever your idea of your fairy tale relationship looks like for you. Now, if your brain is immediately going back to some Mr. or Miss Wrong, that is not your fairy tale relationship. It didn't work out, and there was a reason why it did not work out. Are there elements of that relationship? I'm guessing yes, but your fairy tale ending involves someone being there with you, in the trenches with you, moving through the hard with you, doing anything it takes to be with you. And I don't say that to upset any broken or tender, lonely heart that's listening right now to make you feel worse. I'm just saying it's neutral. And the result you're going for is the fairy tale ending with, <laughs> let's just continue on the cheesy coach speak train with your prince or princess charming. And so I really want to offer because of the multiple Helen backstories I went through, specifically my rock bottom heartbreak. You can go to episode five and hear all about the fucked up shit that went down in that relationship that led me onto this path of not just healing for myself, but becoming a healer of hearts. If I can do it, you for sure can too. But what is required is A, getting clear on what that fairy tale relationship looks like, and B, believing that it's possible. You know, if you've been listening to me for a while, that it's your thoughts that create your results. So if you're walking around thinking the fairy tale isn't possible and it's just not in the cards for me, I've tried, I've been around the block, people don't like me, I'm fundamentally flawed, dating's hard, you you are so far away from your fairy tale. And I get it. It's really fucking hard to shed those beliefs when you have been through the ringer, maybe multiple times with the same person or multiple times with different people, but it is your job to create the change in your brain and decide how it is true that your fairy tale ending is possible for you. If it's possible for me, it is possible for you. And I would ask, especially if you are very familiar with who I am and very familiar with my work, why you would think, well, of course it would happen for Claire. 
but it won't happen for me because I fall into that trap with my coaches. Oh, well, you're my coach and I hired you to do it and it's easy for you to do, but it's not easy for me to do. Really ask yourself why you think it's okay for it to happen to Claire. Of course it would happen to Claire. Or maybe it's not me. Maybe you're not familiar with me. Of course it happens to all these people in my life, but not me. Like really being onto what your brain believes because those beliefs are creating the result of keeping your fairy tale partner that much farther away from you. So getting really clear about what your fairy tale ending looks like and opening up to the possibility that this fairy tale ending is in the cards for you. And again, this is exactly what I teach you how to do in my program, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. So I just wanted to share what my fairy tale relationship looks like and really and truly was everything I thought about in my search for Larry. So as I've mentioned, I, I went through a ton of heartbreak and I was not emotionally available even to myself, let alone someone else. So it was so clear, and it is so clear now looking back, how I kept continuously attracting Mr. Wrong after Mr. Wrong after Mr. Wrong. And so I had to do some cleaning up of getting really clear and available with myself before I could deliberately call Larry in. And so when I was deliberately calling Larry in, and again, what, if you're like, what the fuck does that mean, deliberately calling him in? This is what I teach you how to do in the Find Someone Better section of my program. But the fairy tale relationship to me, because maybe, maybe the reason why I'm I'm sharing this with you, what my idea of a fairy tale relationship is and what my fairy tale relationship looks like is maybe you're so far gone that you can't even go to the place of imagining what your fairy tale relationship could be because you are so in the weeds about what you think about romantic relationships based on your shitty past experiences. So some of you might be listening being like, yeah, Claire, these sound pretty basic, pretty basic aspects of a fairy tale relationship. Yep, 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 that sounds good. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that. But I'm offering these and some of them might seem really basic. Some of them might be like, ooh, yeah, that sounds nice. Or, oh, whoa, that just seems really fucking impossible for me is because I want your brains to start opening up and thinking about, well, okay, I'm very clear about what my non-fairy tale relationship looks like, but wow, maybe if I start focusing on what my fairy tale relationship is, I could create it that much quicker. So, my fairy tale relationship, it it involves me having the ability to be my most authentic self. So I have been a total spaz with Larry from day one. In fact, I wrote on my dating profile that I am a spaz attack. And he was like, I love that you wrote that. Now, he didn't know exactly what that meant. But as he got to know me, he was like, oh, this is what you mean by spaz attack. Like, I also think, and I'm making myself sound a little airheady, even though I'm obsessed with Jessica Simpson, but I think about her chicken of the sea moment with Nick Lachey on their reality show now dating back literally 20 years ago. So some people might not know what I'm talking about, but she was 
uh, newly married to Nick Lachey. They had this reality show and she was eating chicken of the sea, the tuna. And she was just like, is this chicken of the sea? Is this chicken tuna or fish? And Nick Lachey just looked at her like, are you freaking serious? And she's like, I mean, I know it says chicken of the sea, but I don't know. I don't know what she said. It was something like, I don't care if it's chicken of the sea, for the sea or by the sea. It was hilarious. And of course it was this like big, reveal of what an airhead she is and him just being like, are you fucking serious? And it also made her a lot of money because I think she was then endorsing chicken of the sea. All of that to be said, that would again (laughs) be another similar dynamic that I'm just like a spaz. I say whatever I want. I repeatedly burn already cooked rice in the pot. I am just not a cook. And I just do things like very backwards and silly and say spastic things. And I act like a freak of nature and I have my alter ego clingy Claire. And he just like dies laughing and is obsessed with all of it. But it's really who I am. Now there's obviously, if I say so myself, a very mature and loving and thoughtful and generous partner that I am. But I really am 1 million percent myself, take me or leave me. And, you know, Larry is like really big into watching the news, reading the news. He's just knows everything that's going on all the time around the world, just like my dad. And it's something that I really admire about him. It's something I'm not interested in doing as much. I like reading the highlights, keeping myself informed, formulating my own opinions, but it really is too much for me. And I think I used to be insecure about that. I used to, even before I met him, like if there was, if I was dating a man, like, oh, I need to be as informed and as well read as he is. And I'm like, no, I know exactly why I don't read all the news because it would make me cry all day and never want to get out of bed. And I used to go to really dark places. And so now I need to protect myself. And Larry likes to spiral about all the crazy shit happening in the news. And I just hold the space for him when he's doing that. And I just, I use all of these random examples to just say, I am 100% me. He is 100% him. We have a lot of differences. Obviously, the important things that we are on the same page about, morals and values and principles and what we want out of a relationship and the way we love each other and the way we are on the same page about our future together is vital. But there's just so many ways that we are so different. And the more we are ourselves, I think the more in love we do fall in fall for I can't even speak English. I'm not even sick this week to use that as an excuse, but the more we fall in love with each other, I think the more be, it, we fall more in love with each other because we are our most authentic selves. And that includes even me being in a bad mood. You know, we're together almost two years. We live together 50% of the time because he has four children and we're taking that aspect of moving under one roof full time very slowly. And um, I then think, well, in our, our alone time together, I have to make the most of it. And sometimes I'm not in a good mood or he's super stressed about something at work. And it's like, that is an amazing part of our partnership is I can just say, I'm not in a good place today and I'm sorry, I'm just not on, or I don't feel like going out to dinner or going to this place and seeing these people and really, again, just being our truest selves. So 
Um, that's one aspect of it. And then chemistry is really huge for me. Physical connection. I don't even just mean sex, but sex is super important to me. But that physical affection, I recently did a, a birthday post honoring him for his birthday. And like, seriously, my nose and his neck is such an amazing cure-all for me. Just those pheromones cannot lie. I do think pheromones can grow. I have definitely dated people where I haven't been all in automatically attracted and I've left space to see if an attraction can grow. And I have definitely experienced that. So I don't think that that's something that needs to happen a million percent fireworks off the bat, even though I did have that with Larry from day one. Um, Just fun, fun, like seriously, just being able to kick back and laugh and tease each other and not take life so seriously and just have fun. Comfort is another element of my fairy tale relationship. Just, I think that goes along with being your most authentic self, just really feeling like I can be me all of the time. And I find great comfort in if we have a weekend together, that even when we're not connecting actively with each other, just him being in another room of the house going about his day and me going about mine, that it's just such a comfort knowing that we're in the same space and sharing the space the same space without constantly interacting with each other. It's just really special to me. Another element is just that feeling of relief. And I think, again, that goes back to being my most authentic self and having that comfort level with someone of just like their presence. And I just, I... I don't know if this is my residual anxious attachment style. It probably is, or a little bit of codependency. But on the nights that I am with him, you know, it, he could come home at 5 p.m. He could come home at 8 p.m. His workdays, you know, last different lengths of time. And I just feel, and this is going to sound a little bit gross, but like a little kid just like, I mean, his kids get so excited for their dad to come home. They're waiting by the door and they guess the number of cars that are going to pass before Larry's cup pulls in. And so uh, on the nights that it's just us, I feel the same. I mean, I'm not out there counting the cars and guessing how many come in before he arrives, but just like being in my fairy tale relationship, being so excited for him to come home and for us to just make dinner or go out to dinner and chill and tell each other about our days. Like, I think that's so special because I'm sure all of you know someone who dreads their partner coming home or doesn't want to see them. I've heard people talk about making plans and getting so immersed in work and looking for excuses to not come home because they don't want to deal with their partners. Uh, Laughter, which again could go along with fun, but just those those um that special connection and language that isn't spoken i think just the fact that we were giggling so hard watching pretty woman and me knowing exactly why he was giggling so hard and then calling it at the end saying it reminds you of us they remind you of us right <laughs> i think he was hesitant to say it probably because of her career choice and also like she in so many ways, she was so intelligent, but there were other things that she was saying that was like, oh, not the brightest bulb. So I think he was hesitant to say it until I said it. But just being able to read each other's minds. Um, something else that he said that I don't have here written on my list, but you know, now that we're 
getting out into the world and being around people. I mean, we really spent the majority of the first year of our relationship in the pandemic or it was long distance. So we really haven't been very social until like the last couple of months. And we're not a very social couple anyway, overall, but whatever observations I have about other people or the scenes that we go to, he totally sees it the same way. So even though that there are a lot of ways we're different, we see the world through the same lens. And even if we don't agree about our opinion, about something that unfolded, about some someone else, you know, we have such an appreciation for what the other person is observing. But I would say nine times out of 10, we're on the same page. And so he said to me the other day, I just love how tuned in we are with each other. So that feels so amazing in my fairy tale relationship. Another element of this fairy tale relationship is unconditional support. Uh, we've had a lot going on in our careers over the last year, God, over the last two years. And uh, he's had crazy, stressful times. I've had crazy, stressful times. And we have really been there and supported each other and just listened to the other person vent. And I just don't know. I mean, I know because I was alone for so long and have been creating so much for myself for so long as a single woman, but it's like now just such an added bonus that I have someone to just hear about it all at the end of the day and love me and support me and offer his two cents and be as invested in what I'm creating as I am and vice versa for him. I'm just in awe of the work that he does. And I've learned so much about the law and the work that he does. And I'm just always rooting for him. And I feel like the cases he works on are my cases. It just feels so amazing to have each other's back in that way. Another element that seems so small and obvious, but has meant the world to me is factoring in each other's lives and plans factoring in each other's lives and plans. Like, you know, he's talking to me about dates in October and November, and he's got family coming in, and we're looking at December and when we can get to Charlotte to see my family. And it's like, I just for so long wanted my person to make plans with and check calendars with instead of all these dipshits I dated. I'd be like, what's your week look like next week? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you. It's like, again, seems so basic, like, oh, a fairy tale relationship, but like really factoring, factoring in each other's lives and plans and making arrangements to accommodate each other's lives and each other's families and always feeling like wherever he's going, I'm a part of that and vice versa. And that also, I also have listed here, that includes weekend plans and dinners and dates. Like just, it's so, the weekends that we do have together, it's just like, I just get so excited for that time. And again, we don't even have to be doing anything that exciting. We were together for a year and a half with the world closed. And we felt really, really lucky to have each other through that time. And the last aspect I'll offer of my fairy tale relationship that I want for all of you is the ability to depend on someone, both emotionally and for the little things. So it's similar to unconditional support, but 
really like there are just things where I mean, I have not made it a secret that I'm <laughs> innately a dramatic and fiery person. And I've come a long way, if I say so myself, through navigating that innate Irish fire and drama within me. But I also, even if I'm having, because I'm an empath and I highly recommend you check out my three-part empath series, we can link those up in the show notes, but I do really feel so deeply. And sometimes I am crying about shit that I know because I know him so well. He's like, this just is not that big of a deal. But because it's a really big deal to me, he is there for me and he listens. And then also like the little things like, it's so nice to just be like, babe, are you making coffee? I.e., make me some coffee, please. Like, I've just been so used to for so many years making myself my own freaking coffee and my own freaking eggs. <laughs> and so letting myself get pampered a little bit, letting him do his acts of service for me. And as I mentioned, I'm terrible at cooking and I burn already cooked rice. So it's probably going to be better when he prepares <laughs> any kind of food or drink, but really just appreciating those little acts of kindness. And I didn't write this down, but I can't believe that I forgot this. Becoming closer through the fights. I've been talking so much about how fun and exciting and amazing and glorious all these aspects of my fairy tale relationship are. But Larry and I, we've had our share of fights. We've been together two years and a couple of them have been pretty nasty. And we work through them. He is just as much of a stubborn Irishman as I am. I think overall, we've been really good at if I'm seeing his fire bubble, which he's never someone who starts fights, <laughs> I would say I'm the one that gets upset about things. He he really doesn't let his feathers get ruffled. He says he he is, you know, in challenging conversations and conflict all day with what he does for a living. He just doesn't want conflict and challenges with myself or his kids, which I totally understand. But there are times where I have been upset and he either rises to the occasion and like calms me down. And there are other times where he's like, this is bullshit. You should not be upset about this. <laughs> and I think overall, we've been pretty good at, look, if someone's going to get fiery, the other person will be calm and kind of not go head to head with both of us being fiery. But for sure, there've been a couple of times where we've gotten fiery with each other and it's been painful and hurtful and maddening and all of it. And we're still just as madly in love and we work through it and we unpack it and we apologize and we take responsibility. And we, I will never forget one time he said to me, okay, we can both do better. Let's just both of us do better. And we don't have the same fight over and over and over again. So that is another huge element. It's last but not least a huge element of my fairy tale relationship. We can fight. I'm not afraid of fights. I'm not afraid of conflict. I certainly don't want it all the time, but they happen. And that those fights don't have to be deal breakers. Those fights don't have to be cracks in the mirror of the relationship that aren't fixable. And that means everything to me. In fact, I, I like a little bit of conflict, a little bit of drama. I think it keeps us on our toes. That doesn't mean I wake up thinking, ooh, I want to start a fight today. But sometimes it's like the fire bubbles up and it happens and we work through it. And I want to be very clear here. I'm not taking for granted. So we're just going to fight for the rest of our lives and also love the fuck out of each other. Like if, if we have fought, 
they've been, in my opinion, for good reasons. And we get through it and we grow from them. It's not like, ooh, let's fight about this again. This is fun. So what resonates for you? Does this open you up to the possibility of thinking, starting to even think about and create your ideal fairy tale relationship? Because it is in the cards for you, but it starts with you. It starts with you getting clear about your idea. For some of you, it could be, we, we will never fight. Nope, don't like fights. Don't like conflict. It might look a little bit different, right? My fairy tale relationship may not be your fairy tale relationship. Maybe you're not like the Jessica Simpson chicken of the sea for the sea or by the sea. <laughs> I do know what chicken of the sea is, but you know, like that is just the way I operate. Sometimes I'm a spaz and I say silly things that he's like, what are you talking about? And he loves me more for it. And so I talk about this in my belief man plan, which is something that I teach my clients how to do in the stop wanting him back section of my program. And I have shared a lot on this podcast. I'm sure for many of you who've been listening, know that I'm a huge bachelor fan. And one of the thoughts that I had that I would think in my ideal relationship before Larry came in was he's going to just totally think that The Bachelor is ridiculous, but watch it with me anyway, because I get such a kick out of it. And he does. He's like, who are these people? This is not real life. This is ridiculous. This is not real. This is the, he like totally rains on my parade watching it. But he also kind of secretly likes it. He loved Love is Blind on Netflix, and so did I. Why are we not having a season two? Come on. But my whole point of this is it's just like, yeah, I love The Bachelor, and I know like it's a lot of bullshit. And there are deeper, more profound things to watch on TV, and I watch those. But if I had to pick, I would choose The Bachelor. It comes down to total self-ownership of all of who we are and being really, really clear on who we want to connect with and the kind of connection that we want to have and really starting to work the brain to open up to the possibility that that kind of love, that kind of fairy tale ending, that kind of happily ever after is possible for you. But you have to start thinking about it, focusing on it, and getting into that feeling place as if it was already happening. So if you want to sink your teeth more into this process that I know works, again, head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and click on the join now button to join my program. And if you have more questions regarding the program, email hello at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com because I am currently offering 30-minute consultation calls to those of you who are really thinking about the program, but you might have a couple of questions. And make sure that you guys are reading all the information about what the program entails. This call isn't to discuss and for me to inform you about the price and how it all works. All of that information is on my website. So check that out. And if you're like, ooh, this sounds like something I really want to do, or I have a question here that wasn't answered on the sales page, then email hello at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and we will set up a consultation and connect. And I will tell you how the program can work for you based on your situation. But the call is not a coaching call. It is a consultation call regarding 
your interest in whether or not to sign up for the program. This was such a fun episode. Uh, Definitely watch Pretty Woman if you have not already or watch it again for the first time. (laughs) Watch it again for the first time. Remember that Kellogg's Corn Flakes commercial? Taste them again for the first time. Watch the movie again for the first time. Maybe you will be inspired just like I was without even realizing it to create your fairy tale ending and never ever settle because your ideal person, your happily ever after is waiting for you. You just need to show up and saddle up and pull up your big girl pants and say, it is time and I am ready to be the change in order to create that change. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.